Destination Medicine is a collaborative initiative of regional training hubs. This is one of three episodes produced on behalf of the Murray-Darling Medical School Network and shares stories from students undertaking end-to-end medical training within the network. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Peter Letts. After 20 years as a radiographer, and soon after moving to regional New South Wales with her young family, it dawned on Suzanne Hill that a radical change was required. Her new community was in drastic need of doctors, so this extraordinary woman, after sitting the GAMSAT three times, embarked on a medicine degree. In this episode, we hear Suzanne's story, her challenges and triumphs. She starts by explaining her motivation for becoming a doctor. I didn't decide to become a doctor until a few years ago, and I've already had a nearly 20-year career as a radiographer. But when we moved from the Blue Mountains to Parks in around 2014, probably about a year or two in Parks, I knew or sort of started to think that my radiography career was sort of coming to an end or I needed to make some big changes in regards to my career. And it took a few years to kind of work out what the changes I wanted and what I needed. And in those few years, one of the things that was became really apparent was this major need for doctors in rural towns, particularly in parks. There wasn't many full-time doctors at all. And the current full-time doctors were sort of Basically, they were heading towards retirement age and there was sort of, I guess, not a large workforce to sort of take that over from them. And whilst I'm a few years later and they're sort of retiring now, I thought, no, this is something that I can do and this is what I want to do to help our community and be really immersed in the community because my current job at the time, I was a lecturer and so a lot of my work was out of Sydney and so I wasn't really engaging with my community. And that's something that my husband and I wanted to do when we moved to parks. I think the other thing that also really caught my attention and I was, I just thought, oh, we shouldn't be doing this. But basically I've got friends that would travel a hundred kilometers to go to GPs in Orange because it was easier to get in or there was people that they really connected with, I guess, in Orange. And I just thought we shouldn't be doing that. Like, not that they shouldn't in terms of that's the wrong thing to do, but really that just showed that there was a major need for parks. And so it really got me thinking about what I could do and how I could support getting a larger workforce into parks. And so one of those options was becoming a doctor myself. Did you ever consider any other health professions? Yeah, I did actually. So I actually thought about doing physiotherapy. So my background is radiography, but I did think of doing physiotherapy. But I have a daughter who is around the time that I was thinking about what I was going to do. She was also thinking about what she wanted to do as a career and physiotherapy was something that she really wanted to do as well. And I just, I wanted her to have her own hopes and dreams and I didn't want to not take over, but I didn't want to limit her or feel like she couldn't choose what she wanted. And so I thought, no, I'll just leave that for her and I'll go and find something else. So for me, it didn't really matter per se what health profession it was. I guess I just knew that my passion is healthcare. So I wanted it to be something in healthcare. I guess the other thing is that I've transitioned from an already 
what I would see as a fairly successful career. So even though I knew my radiography career was coming to an end or it was getting to a point where I knew that I had to make some changes and there was a lot of things that I wanted to do for a long time. I thought about doing my PhD and you know I've had wonderful opportunities to be able to do that. But I just, as much as it's, and I still think about doing it now, but as much as I think that it's a great route to go down, I think that once as a radiographer in particular, if you do your PhD, it kind of means that your career ends up back in Sydney or back in a larger city. And we've moved from the mountains. We've moved out of that Sydney area and we want to stay out this way. We love the country and we're really settled here. So it sort of in the end, it didn't become a viable option. There's very much a care and a medical vein that runs through the family, so to speak. How did people react when you told them that you were going to study medicine? I did tell a few people at first, but to be honest, not everyone was super keen. It was something that we all needed to work through. So I guess for my husband and myself in particular, our children are getting a little bit older. And so we were looking at the end of our child rearing stages. And I think we were both at the time going, yay, like we'll be able to do all these things and explore the world and travel. And and then I've come back and said, oh, actually, I want to go back to university for four years. And it means that a lot of study, a lot of stress, no income. So that was a bit hard and we had to work through that. I think in regards to other people, some people were maybe a little bit hesitant because I did have a a pretty good career as a radiographer and why go back and put yourself through that med school again (laughs) or go back through university again. But I think when people started to understand why I wanted to do it and my desire to, you know, I love learning I love studying, but I also really am passionate about making sure that we can have really good health services in our smaller local towns. I think people are getting on board with that. And now everyone is very, very supportive, just people I never thought would be too, so which is excellent. And also once, as much as I love my job as a radiographer, but in the more recent years I've been a lecturer, I do work remotely and it can be really isolating as there's no local site in parks, the the university that I work for. And it's really hard to form relationships with people when you still have to work full time, but you sort of have to do quite isolating work. And as much as I really love the colleagues that I have at the university, I really missed those hallway conversations. And, you know, I guess the water cooler conversations around how is your day and what are you doing on the weekend? So it was the whole social side of working that I found a little bit isolating. And I know that doing medicine, obviously, I'm working with local people. So not only the patients, my colleagues are local people and I am able to engage in those conversations again as well. So that's something that I I really was missing over the past few years and I knew that it was something that I wanted again in my workplace. Well, there were a lot of factors, it sounds like, that encouraged you to go down this road. When you finally did decide to apply for medicine, did you map out a plan and what were your first steps? So I had a very loose plan because I was exploring at the same time I was exploring the idea. It was something that my family and I had to work through together. So it wasn't like I'd wanted to do this for a long time. It was kind of like it just sort of came up and then then it was like, okay, well, I've, I've got to work this out. But in that whole process, I have to involve my family and I wanted to involve my family. And so it was a very loose plan to start off with. I needed their support. 
and we needed to talk through all of that because it does affect everyone. Even though my children are young adults now, it still affects them now because they can't just call me whenever they want anymore. So they had to sort of agree with it as well. And in the later steps, I had to sort of plan exiting a career and that transition period. I am still doing a little bit of teaching, a little bit of research as well, and I have to juggle that with MED. And this is something I guess I haven't quite worked out yet in myself because I really enjoyed my radiography career. So I wasn't leaving it because I didn't like it. So I'm still transitioning in this aspect and it's still difficult, but I'm getting there. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I'm sure you'll be great. So if you didn't get into medicine, did you have a plan B? Yeah, I would have completed my PhD in the radiography related field. And I probably would have looked at transitioning my skills and experience to a more regional based higher education campus. I'm not sure how that would have gone. I'm sure at some point it would have happened. But I think for me, yeah, I would have gone and done my PhD and seen what happened after that, essentially. How many universities did you end up applying to in the end? So I applied for two universities. I applied for Sydney University because I could do the full four-year course in Dubbo. And then I also applied to Notre Dame because there was the option of doing two years in Wagga, which is also a rural site. I did apply for Sydney Uni main campus as well. But to be honest, I'm not sure if I would have actually done med if I had got into that because it logistically was potentially going to be really difficult for the family. And so, yeah, I did sit the UCAT as well because it meant that I could also do the undergraduate med degree in Orange at CSU. And I also entered via the rural pathways. Originally, it was three universities, two were the post-grad, one was the undergrad. But interestingly, by the time I was to apply for undergrad university, I'd already got my offer for Sydney University in Dubbo. So I just withdrew my application. Right. Well, that's great. Now, you've mentioned the GAMSAT a few times, and again, that is a big undertaking. What was your approach? How did you prepare for it? And what advice would you give others who are yet to take it? I originally asked my family <laughs> if I could have two attempts because, again, knowing that how much and how big the commitment was to actually sit the exam, I knew that I, I needed them to support me with this. And so we agreed that I'd sit it twice and see how I went those two times. The second time I actually went backwards in one section and at the time I knew that I could do better and I wanted to improve my score. So we did actually agree that I would have one more go at it. And for the third time, I ended up turning the GANSAT into its own entity, like its own goal that I wanted to achieve. Rather than the end goal of MED, I was like, this is where I am right now. And when I went backwards a little bit in one of those sections the second time, I knew that I could improve. I knew that like I had the confidence and I just wanted that extra go. And so, yeah, so I went back to the family and said, hey, (laughs) um, is it okay if I have one more go at this? Um, And they have been so supportive and and they, they said yes. And so for the third time, I did cut back my work commitments and I actually told more people that I was sitting the exam. So the first few times I was a little bit more hesitant to talk to people about it, whereas the third time 
I just wanted extra support, particularly from people locally. So whilst previously people that knew about me sitting in the Gamsat were more my family and the friends that I've had for a long time and some friends that I have locally, the third time I sat, I actually told people that weren't necessarily, they might have been just colleagues or they might have been people I didn't know too well, like the the people at the local coffee shop that I used to go to. They knew that I was sitting this exam. Telling more people, it enabled me to, I think, have more support. I felt more supported. I felt like it was the right thing to do and that people wanted me to achieve and that really helped encourage me to keep going when I found studying a little bit difficult at times. So my biggest tip, I think, for sitting GAMSAT for me was around Section 2. In between the second and third GAMSAT, I spent a lot of time trying to work out Section 2 and how to actually really improve in that area. And what I realised was that if I wrote from my own experience, I ended up getting better marks. You could do some submissions to ACER. And so I was getting those submissions and I was trying to get the feedback to work out which was the best way to respond. And I worked out that if I wrote from my own experience, I used simple words and terms. I didn't use anything fancy. I just communicated personally and simply. It's not to say that I didn't structure my response, but it was a very personalized response. And interestingly, with that approach, my score improved by 19 marks when I did that. Wow. Yeah, it was a massive, massive improvement. And I think it was the cornerstone of my much better Gamsat mark in the third time I sat it. Oh, well, that's great advice for the audience and for listeners. And what an improvement. Well done. That's fantastic. Now, you also wrote the UCAP. How did you approach this particular exam? So the UCAT, I have to admit, I didn't really prepare very at all for. I was supposed to do this, but when I finished the GAMSAT, I had to re-increase my workload and I was also preparing to travel overseas. So it kind of ended up not being my focus. A week before the exam, I sat some practice papers. I never really went through them. I just did them and I got this score. And two days before my UCAT exam, I fractured my toe. So it's oh, actually, no. Yeah, I was like, I was seriously contemplating not even sitting for it because I, one, I couldn't drive, but two, I had to somehow get to Canberra and without being able to drive, I just thought, oh, this is ridiculous. But I had a really, really lovely friend who convinced me to do it. She said, you've already paid for it, you're already in the mindset to do it. And so she literally drove me there. <laughs> and yeah, she's an excellent friend and I really, really appreciate her. But yeah, she she drove me there and back. I sat it. I think my mark was fairly reasonable. It was definitely a lot better than the marks that I got in the practice exam. So I was quite surprised by that. But I think by the time I got to Canberra and, you know, I had someone else driving me and taking time out to help me. And also UCAT is only two hour exam. So there's a whole lot of things that I think worked in my favor in regards to actually improving for UCAT, even though I didn't actually give it the preparation it really sort of deserved, I guess. Susie, as you mentioned, you've sat the GAMSAT a number of times and you've sat more exams and you probably know what to do with. In all of that, there's a lot of study techniques that people take on to try and tackle these exams the best they can. How did you find or did you find the right technique for you? 
That's a very hard question to answer. <laughs> I'm still learning how to best study and this is my third time back at university. So <laughs> I'm not sure I'm the best person to, to ask. But being back in first year, I think I'm actually having to relearn how to study and how to study well and how to study efficiently. So I would say I'm still a little bit of a work in progress. But one or two things that I've realized as well is that I need to repeat things more than once. So whereas maybe my undergraduate degree, I could just go to the lecture and then write some study notes and look over them before the exam. For me now, repetition is key. So I have to use like this mix of making sure I do all the pre-work, making sure I attend everything I can, asking lots of questions. But then also I go back over all the content as much as possible. So I might use a mix of audio. I'll go for a walk and I'll download lectures and just listen to them. So if anyone sees me walking in Dubbo with headphones on, it's not music. Chances are it's a lecture. (laughs) And I also write notes and watch the videos again. So literally, I think for me, the key right now is repetition. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster, but a very rewarding one as well. Overall, what's your message for people applying for medicine? And do you have any insight or advice that you can offer people attempting to go along this same path? My overall impression of heading down the medicine road is that it is a journey. It's generally not straightforward. It wasn't for me. And I think it's safe to say for most of the people that I'm at university with, it's not necessarily straightforward for them either. You might have to apply more than once. It's not a bad thing. I think that you learn more and more about yourself each time you hit, I wouldn't say a roadblock, but every time you hit something that's a little bit difficult or every time you hit a bit of a setback. And they're not bad things. Uh, I think that that's just part of the journey. And I think also as an older applicant, for me, I just really needed to have my family support. And I think it's something that I wanted to have, but I also needed to have it as well because there was a lot of time in preparing for medicine through sitting the exams. But also now my husband supports me doing this. And so it's something that he also needs to be on board with as well. And my children, because now they can't call me up when they want. They have to be more aware that mom is busy and she's not always going to answer the phone. She can't just drop and run when they ask. And so having their support is really important for me as well. I think the other thing that's a little bit different with me is that because medicine wasn't always a dream or a goal, I actually had to somewhat go through the process of making medicine my goal as well, especially in the midst of an already great career, something that I really love doing. I've also got to grieve and let go of that career. And whilst I'm getting better at that and it's coming with time, It's still quite hard to say goodbye, but I know it's something that I sort of need to do as well because I need to and I want to wholly commit to medicine, not only for me, but for the community that I'll end up supporting when I become a doctor as well. But again, it's a journey. It's not straightforward. Some really fantastic insights and really quite raw and honest thoughts there, Susie. Thank you for that. If there was one piece of advice you wish you were given before starting your medical journey, what would that be for you? I'll probably say this in jest, but if I had known I was going to do medicine 20 years ago, then I would have done biomedicine degree or pharmacy (laughs) degree. But the reality is that 
I wouldn't be where I am today without my current career and without moving to Parks nearly 10 years ago. So as much as I have a little laugh about that, I think that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter where you start. So in that sense, being an older applicant and a student, I think you tend to walk into something like this with a bit more time and consideration for all aspects of the journey. So from financially to family to social life as well. So I think that that's something that I think would have been helpful to understand or know prior to starting the journey. I think whilst I've been able to work it out with my family, it would have been nice to have someone go, oh, oh, by the way, when you're an older applicant, there's all these things that you may have to take into consideration as well. And I think general advice I would give to anyone is to not let medicine define you. I honestly think that whether you become a doctor or not, you are and you will be who you are. Medicine is a career, but it's not a personality and it's not a person. So whether or not I got into medicine or not, it really didn't matter. It didn't define who I was or who I was going to be. That's wonderful. That's amazing. And finally, Susie, what is it about medicine, do you think, that you could never have prepared for? Medicine is about the person in front of you. We work with our patients and they're all individuals. And I think it's hard to be prepared for every way that they're going to present. And I think as doctors, we ask patients to take our advice and to consent to things like treatments, which may be life-changing for both them as the patient and for their families as well. And I think as I go through like a medical career, I don't think we'll ever be completely prepared for the impact that we have on our patients' lives. And I think for me, being a parent, I guess in particular, has given me more insight into a parent's role and the impact of the doctor on the health and well-being of the individual as well as their family. So I think parenting has helped me prepare a little bit for medicine, but I think the reality is that, yeah, we've got this person in front of us and we impact their lives, but at the end of the day, we still go home to our own family. So that's important, I think, to keep in perspective. Suzanne Hill, a medical student at the University of Sydney, Dubbo. This is Destination Medicine. Thanks for listening. Regional training hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.